The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We're still talking about uh, the awesome ministry of the Holy Spirit. We started uh, that series uh, last week talking about who the Holy Spirit is and uh, what he does in the life of a believer. Amen. And uh, it's actually just interesting, uh, the testimonies that we got uh, this past week. How many of you like good news? Anybody likes good news? Okay, most of us in here. I have some good news uh, to read out to you. This one is from Lisa. I won't say her surname. I don't want you to Google it. <laughs> it's from Lisa all the way from Massachusetts, uh, Boston. And uh, she says, God bless you. I will send a message called the Holy Spirit is your friend. And I listened, and I was so blessed by it. This is the sermon from last week. So if you didn't get an opportunity to listen to it, please be sure to uh, check it out. And then she says in her uh, letter, But then I listened to four other messages on YouTube. Uh, the, one on, the ones on God's sovereignty, on Paul's thorn, and Job. And I just want to let you know that these are the clearest Bible-based most freeing messages I've ever heard. I am now sharing these messages with others, and they are reaching far and wide. God bless your ministry. God bless you for the anointing to teach the truth and freedom, both to you and your wife. I am so grateful God led me to your channel. These messages will be used to help set the body of Christ free. So many are walking wounded and unsure of who God is and if their suffering came from him or the enemy. And we need to rightly divide the word to get free. These messages will be used. Many, many thanks and blessings to you. Love, Lisa. Amen. So, you know, that's just a testimony I thought we would share with you guys. And... uh, this will definitely encourage you to uh, share these messages with your family and friends. In fact, I got another one, I think, on Tuesday and uh, from one of our members. And she said, uh, hey, Pastor T, so I have a WhatsApp family group uh, with friends and family that I forward Sunday messages to. When I delay in sending the messages, I get in serious trouble. <laughs> Everyone is amazed at the revelation of the pure, incorruptible word, and we all concur that the last Sunday's Holy Spirit message was on point and liberating. So the reason I read these messages is because, uh, you know, a few years ago I started uh, reading this book on uh, what is called the uh, seeker-sensitive church. Basically, this is a model of church that seeks to reach people 
uh, who are lost and who don't know Jesus the Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, which is a great idea. And, you know, I think we need to reach the world. But uh, part of what I read in that book uh, was that, you know, you should try and avoid uh, teaching about the Holy Spirit in a Sunday morning setting like this because there are some unbelievers who may come and they may not understand when you say Holy Ghost. <laughs> they may think you're talking about Casper. Amen? So, which I completely disagree with because the Holy Spirit is actually the Lord of the church. And uh, without the drawing and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, it does not matter what we do. Uh, Those people can come here and we can give them popcorn and we can give them cake. And without the preaching and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, uh, their lives will not be transformed. Amen? So I truly believe we need to teach about the Holy Spirit, the most important person in the church in a setting like this, so that we all become aware of him. And I'm telling you, when you start positioning yourself to receive from the Holy Spirit, he will radically change your life. Amen? So let us go now to Second Corinthians chapter number 13, and we're going to read from verse 14. Second Corinthians chapter number 13, verse 14. Someone shout, I love the Holy Spirit. Watch what he says in Second Corinthians 13, verse 14. Yeah, I'm reading it in the King James Bible first, and then I'll go to the Message Bible. It says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This is what we commonly refer to as the Benedict. And I like this one because it has the three persons of the Trinity, you know, the so-called Trinity. It says here, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Now watch what it says in the Message Bible. It says, the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate, someone say intimate. It says, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all the time. Amen? He's saying the Holy Spirit is your friend, not just any kind of friend. You know, last week, uh, you know, I just kind of hinted on it, but I didn't go into detail. There are different levels of friendship. You know, there are people that, you know, uh, 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 that you just have a casual friendship. There are people that are just acquaintances. But here, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing that he wants us to have an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Where we are together in spirit, with the, we are in tune with the Holy Spirit. Watch this. All the time. And this is the prayer that the Apostle Paul has for us. Now, let me guarantee you, if you have uh, this kind of revelation and this kind of mindset of intimacy with a friendship twist, not the tormenting twist, the friendship. The Holy Spirit does not come to torment you. He does not come to burden you. Amen? Amen. You know, in the church, I've heard people say, man, the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me go. He wouldn't let me go to sleep. He just burdened me. The Holy Spirit does not burden you. In fact, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, when Jesus sees you carrying a a big load, he wants you to get it off of you. He does not bring another one on top of you so you can feel that you're being spiritual. Amen? Why? Because he's your friend. The Holy Spirit was sent to be your friend. Now, if you have a friend 
in the Holy Spirit, if you have an intimate friend in the Holy Spirit, I can guarantee you, you'll never be lonely. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you'll never be insecure. You know why? Because if anyone else does not like you, and this is where I get my confidence from. This is where I get my security from. That I have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In fact, I have the most important being in the whole wide world. Call me friend. Not just any kind of friend, but an intimate friendship. Therefore, I cannot be lonely. Whenever you see believers say, you know, I'm struggling with loneliness or with uh, insecurity, it is because they do not have a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Because you're never alone when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The Holy Spirit is with you all of the time. And you have to receive this revelation and position yourself to spend time with Him. Watch this. All the time. Uh, Just last month, I was preaching in Kimberley, and it just so happened that, you know, I missed my flight at the airport. I was at the airport, and I missed my flight to go to Kimberley. So I called the pastor, and I said, hey, brother, uh, I just missed my flight. And he said, really? I said, yeah, I just missed my flight, but don't worry, I'll be there. And he said, how are you going to get here? I said, we'll figure it out. And then I was, as I was on the train, you know, uh, coming back to Santon to figure out how I was going to get to uh, Kimberley, my wife called me and she said, you know what, instead of asking someone to drive with you to Kimberley, why don't you just rent a car and take, drive through the night and take it with you, you know, to Kimberley and you, you know, you get to drop off the car and then fly back. And I thought it was a brilliant idea. But what got me even more excited was the fact that I was going to be alone in the car. And some of you don't get it. The reason why I wanted to be alone in the car was because then I would have four and a half hours to myself, watch this, with the Holy Spirit and just hearing from Him and just fellowshipping with Him and just praying in the Spirit and stirring myself up and, you know, clearing things from my heart so I can receive downloads of the Holy Spirit. And this is the mindset that you need to have if you're going to start walking in the Spirit. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter number 8, verse 6, it says, for to be carnally minded is what? Is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So there is an opposite uh, force that operates when you don't have the mindset of an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. It's called carnality. And usually when you say carnality, people think you're talking about uh, sin. Sin is included in carnality, but carnality is bigger than just sin. Carnality simply means you relate to life and to the world based strictly on what you can see, smell, taste, hear, or touch. In other words, if you can't see it with these eyes, to you it's not real. And this is the reason why most people don't enjoy uh, the fellowship, the intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because sometimes you can't see him. You can't smell him, you can't taste him, you can't hear him, you can't touch him. But guess what? He's there. Because he gave you a promise and he said he will never leave you nor forsake you. And because he's there, guess what? You have to tap into it by faith. And he says when you don't, you begin to walk carnally. And when you start walking carnally, it produces death. 
And by death, he's not talking about you ceasing to exist. He's talking about everything that, you know, came into existence as a, as a result of the sin that Adam committed in the garden. So he's talking about stress. He's talking about worry. He's talking about poverty. He's talking about sickness. Carnality produces all these things. And it's sad to say there are many good Christians who don't steal, they don't cheat, they don't uh, murder, they just plain good carnal Christians. <laughs> They're just good, great, lovely carnal Christians. Their only problem is carnality. What's carnality? Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter number 16, verse 23. And I'm telling you, friendship and uh, intimacy with the Holy Spirit is far-fetched when you're just carnal. You won't understand what I'm talking about when I say, you know, I, I was just spending time with the Holy Spirit, four hours just spending time with the Holy Spirit. You won't understand people that say, you know, I look forward to being alone just so I can talk to the Holy Spirit and hear from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Especially those who have children. They'll tell you that I look forward to being alone just so I can clear my mind. <laughs> Matthew 16, verse 23. So this is Jesus uh, talking to Peter. Remember, he had uh, said to Peter, hey, listen, I'm going to get crucified, and so on and so forth. And Peter said in verse 22, uh, God forbid, you should not get crucified. We'll stop that from happening. And it sounds like a good idea, right? But here's what Jesus said to to Peter, uh, verse 23. He turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. He's saying, he's not saying Peter is Satan. He's saying right now you are under the influence of Satan. So he says, get thee behind me, Satan. You are an, offen- you are an offense-, offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of what? Of man. So carnality, if you're writing down notes, this is your first definition. To not be mindful of the things of God, but to be mindful of the things of man. Now let's read the same verse in the New Living Translation. Thank you, Jesus. This is awesome. Man, I'm not sure I should even read it. Because a lot of you are going to get trapped. You're going to realize how kind of we can be sometimes. Watch what he says. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. How many of you realize that carnality is a dangerous trap? Sounds like a good idea, but it's a trap. Because guess what? You can never tap into the unseen realm just being carnal. Can I get an amen? Amen. Watch what he says right after that. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view. Some of you would say, man, what's wrong with that? Jesus says it's carnal. He says you're merely looking at your situation. You're merely looking at this whole thing from a human point point of view. So how should we look at our situations? Whose point of view should we look at our situations? God's point of view. How do we get to see our situations through God's point of view, through the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit begins to reveal these things to you. Amen? I said amen. Amen. So you need to uh, be at a place where you are in intimate uh, friendship with the Holy Spirit to move away from just seeing stuff from a carnal point of view, from a human point of view. I always tell our pastors, uh, one of the things I never, ever want to hear in our meetings is uh, what the people want. Because I would care less what the people want. 
They'll tell you, I get so cross, I get so angry when you start bringing up, Pastor, this is what the people want. I don't care what the people want. Because what the people want always gets them into trouble. In fact, the apostle Jeremiah, uh, the prophet Jeremiah prophesying in Jeremiah chapter number 10, he began to prophesy and point out all these things that were wrong with Israel. And he said, man, the, the, the mothers are acting crazy and committing abortion. The nation is going crazy. People are taking advantage of each other. There's so much chaos. Yet these are people who are supposed to be God's uh, uh, apple to the eye. These are God's chosen people. Where have we gotten it wrong? And in the middle of the prophecy, he said, in Jeremiah chapter number 10, verse 23, it is not in man that walk to direct his own steps. He says, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own and we are not able to plan our own course. So why should we listen to what the people want? We should listen to what the Holy Ghost wants. We should listen to what the Holy Spirit wants. Amen? Amen? And it stops us from seeing things merely from a human point of view. And we begin to see stuff from God's point of view through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And this is where God wants all of us. Let us go now to John chapter number 20 from verse 21 to 22. Man, I love the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. He says in John uh, chapter number 20, Uh, Verse 21 to 22, I'm reading in the King James Bible. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. You know, sending the disciples. Verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Notice even the disciples who walked with Jesus, he would not send them away to do anything for God without the strengthening and the power of the Holy Spirit. Before he sent them, he said, you know what, I'm getting ready to send you. And he brought them uh, before him, and the Bible says he breathed on them. I don't know how he did that, you know. I don't know, fire, you know. He did something. He breathed on them. He breathed on them, and here's what he said to them. Receive the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that he didn't force the Holy Spirit on them. He said, now receive the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because it's ultimately up to you to receive the Holy Spirit, just like a GPS. And a lot of men, I know a lot of men, we are guilty for this, you know. The GPS says turn right, and you say, you know what? I want to go straight. And sometimes the GPS is your wife. (laughs) That's right. And then when you are lost, and you say, man, why don't you ask for directions? You say, no, I know where we are going. (laughs) Men never ask for directions. No, the Holy Spirit wants to be the one that gives you direction. Amen? I said amen. So here, when Jesus breathed on them, in the Greek, that word is ruach, which means to breathe the breath of life. It also means the wind of God. And we see this word right in the beginning, in Genesis chapter number 1, from verse 1 to 4. So let's go to Genesis chapter number 1. We're going to read from verse 1 to 4. Thank you, Jesus. It says in Genesis 1, verse 1 to 4, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, And darkness was upon the face of the earth. In other words, there was confusion. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Amen? The Spirit of God hovered over 
the face of the waters. That word or that phrase, the Spirit of God, is also translated Ruach, the breath of God. The Spirit of God is the breath of God. The Holy Spirit, uh, not only is He the third person of the Trinity, uh, not only is He co-equal with God the Father and God the Son, He is also known as the breath of life. So the Bible is saying the breath of God hovered above all of this confusion. The earth was without any form, uh, void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the, the Spirit of God, the breath of God, the wind of God, hovered uh, over the earth. And he says in verse 3, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. The understood translation is that when God said, Let there be light, then the Spirit of God went into action and brought the light into manifestation. So the Spirit of God is the agent of the Trinity that brings to pass the will of God. Amen. Amen. Whatever God wills, he will release it into uh, uh, the atmosphere. And the Spirit of God is the one that will bring. The breath of God is the one that... And it's interesting that here the Spirit of God, the breath of God, is moving the earth from a place of chaos. Water is where land is supposed to be. And land is where water is supposed to be. I mean, this whole thing is all jumbled up. And the Spirit of God is moving this whole situation from chaos... Watch this to order. I say this to say, a lot of people associate the Holy Spirit with confusion and chaos. (laughs) Whenever they can't make time and keep time, they say, as the Spirit leads. (laughs) They make it seem like the Holy Spirit is the one who just can't keep time. You know, when you can't finish on time, what were you doing? No, it was just the Spirit. You know, the Spirit. No, 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 it was not the Spirit. Because you know what? The Spirit of God is the Spirit of order. It is the Spirit that moves things from chaos to order. When the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit shows up in your life, in His true nature, you will move your marriage from a place of confusion to a place of order. And I say this to say this. Sometimes, you know, when one of the uh, uh, spouses gets uh, uh, turned on to the Lord and they get filled with the Holy Spirit, they act crazy. They are the ones bringing confusion to the marriage. Say, I'm on a 21-day fast, and the Holy Ghost say, you can't touch me. For the next 21 days. And they're bringing that whole thing into chaos and into disorder. In fact, the Apostle Paul had to address it at the church in Corinth. He told them, he said, you cannot go on a fast with your body unless it's by mutual consent. No, I'm listening to the Holy Ghost. I won't listen to you. No, the Apostle Paul had to bring order. Amen. And sometimes, you know, the people uh, don't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the understanding of the Holy Spirit, and let the Holy Spirit in their lives purely and merely because of what the church has done under the guise of the Holy Spirit. I believe the church, to some point, is to take the blame. Because we've presented a Holy Spirit that's confused, a Holy Spirit that loves disorder, a Holy Spirit that acts crazy. 
I remember I was at uh, uh, a church, a Pentecostal church, uh, uh, back home, uh, and uh, we used to meet at Selborn Rotledge, and you know, here would know exactly who I'm talking about. And almost every Sunday morning service, uh, when we moved from the fast songs to the slow songs, there was a young girl who would move all the way from the back to the front of the church, and she would start circling and just circling and just circling during worship, just disturbing, just causing a scene. Everybody is now focusing on her, and after about 12 or 15 circles, she just falls. And then you ask her, how did you fall? I fell under the anointing. No, you didn't. You messed around with the center of gravity. That's why you fell. Amen. I mean, with deaf people in service, they just start shouting. They just start shouting. And now the MC gets up and they're trying to get the service to move on and to start doing something else in the order of the service. And they just start bawling. They just start, you know, in, in like a, a, a mother uh, giving birth. And you ask them, what are you doing? They say, man, we are, uh, we are midwives, spiritual midwives. We are giving birth to the destiny of this nation. We are giving birth to, and man, just crazy stuff. The Holy Spirit is not the one that causes confusion. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings order. He moved the earth from a place of chaos and disorder to a place of beauty. Do you understand that? Everything that you see in the earth, some of you like to go on vacation, nice places, and you take pictures. All of that was brought into effect by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He beautifies things. He does not bring chaos and disorder. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. We're going to read from verse 3. Man, if, if it's the Holy Spirit leading uh, you to go over time, everybody will know. No one will want to go home. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14, verse 3. And he's talking about, you know, the Holy Spirit, uh, 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 again, prophesying through uh, uh, the church and the gift of prophecy. And he says, but he that prophesies speaketh not unto man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaketh unto man. He that prophesies speaketh unto man to edification. Someone say edification. <clears throat> and exhortation. Someone say exhortation. <clears throat> and comfort. Someone say comfort. So this is the guideline that we have in terms of prophesying under the gift of the Holy Spirit of prophecy. It says when a prophetic word comes under the gift of, uh, 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 of prophecy, it is to edification, which is to make better, to edify as an edifice. Amen? Or to build up. Number two, exhortation. It is to encourage. Number three, comfort. It is to bring comfort to you. How many of you have ever received a prophetic word and it was none of these? I can tell you it wasn't from God. Amen? How many, some of these prophetic words uh, uh, are filled with fear. They're filled with anxiety. They're filled with stress. After you finish listening to it, you don't want to serve God anymore. And it's not the Holy Spirit inspiring them to give that prophetic word. You know why? Because if it's from the Holy Spirit, it's going to edify. It's going to exhort, encourage, and it's going to bring comfort. Now watch what happens in verse 31 to 33. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. For 
you may all prophesy one by one. In other words, one after the other. You don't prophesy all together at the same time. He's talking about order. That all may learn and all may be what? I didn't hear that. He says that all may be comforted. He says when you give a prophetic word, it must bring comfort. It must bring encouragement and it must edify. You know, I get a lot of prophetic words, and some of them I get them from, you know, people who just want to manipulate and control me. And the church, sometimes, uh, you know, the people in the church, I love the church, and I love uh, the gifts of the Spirit. But sometimes they have been misused just to control and manipulate people. You know, I've had people come to me and say all kinds of crazy stuff and, and promise me that I needed to set up a prayer committee, and they wanted to be the chairman in that prayer committee. <laughs> intercessors. Pastor, do you have a group of intercessors? No, I don't, but Jesus is interceding for me at the right hand of the Father. And I love, I love, man, how many of you, man, I'll give you one chance as to who I would pick, you or Jesus, to intercede on. (laughs) I'll give you one chance, and I know you won't get it wrong. I'm not saying don't pray for me, but I'm not depending on it. I'm definitely depending on the Holy Ghost interceding on my behalf. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. And, and, and this is why we give prophetic words, so that all may be comforted. Verse 32 is powerful. Man, I love it. And he says, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God, someone say God. God is not the author of what? I didn't hear that. God is not the author of confusion. Now, question. I want you to pay attention to what is conspicuous in its absence in this verse. If God is not the author of confusion, who might be the author of confusion? It's the devil. Amen? God does not bring confusion, but what does it bring? Peace. As in all churches of the saints. I want to read verse 32 and 33 in the Amplified. Uh, I just want you to see something here. This is awesome. This is good. I'm telling you the truth. This is good. He says, for the spirits of the prophets, the speakers in tongues are under the what? The speaker's control and subject to being what? Man, this is the good part. This is is a good theological piece right there. He says, and they are subject to being silenced as may be necessary. So there's no such a thing as, I just couldn't help myself. And next week, we're going to be talking about, you know, praying in tongues. And I used to think that tongues would just gush out of you like a man throwing up. You know, I can't help it. Just (laughs) No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says what the Holy Spirit does is that he gives you inspiration and you get to do the talking. Just like preaching. Right now, I'm functioning under a gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. I've had people come to me to try and figure out, you know, uh, uh, we're not even, we are, you know, we are successful in God's eyes, but in man's eyes, you know. I've had young pastors come to us and say, you know, I wonder why you're successful. Oh, I know what it is. It's your Facebook posts. And then they take that and they go and start posting and nothing happens. And they come back after a few months and they say, now I know why you're successful in ministry. 
It is because of the way you teach. In fact, I was teaching in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and one of the pastors uh, at the church that I was teaching came to me afterwards, and he says, man, I really like the way you teach. And I was observing you. I was observing the way you do your hands and the way you walk around. And and I was observing. I was watching you because I was saying, you know what? This is what I need to mimic. And I didn't even know what I was doing. You know why? Because it's not planned. It's just an inspiration from the Holy Spirit that you follow. Half of the things we do in ministry is not just, you know, mimicking someone. Jake's on TV, you know, you come, get ready, get ready, get ready. And, and we are in a, such an age where people like copy and paste. Yeah. You know, like you do on your computer. People go right-click, copy, and they go on the other page, paste. And, you know, a lot of people have tried to do that with ministry. And this is why we have ministries that are ineffective, not changing people's lives. Man, you have to be genuine and submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. And whatever the Holy Spirit guides and directs you to do, that's the exact same thing you should do. In fact, when we started, you know, we just had but a few people uh, come to our services. I had one brother. He didn't mean, you know, uh, he didn't mean it negatively. Uh, He meant good. I mean, there were a few people coming, maybe about five of us, 12 of us. uh, You know, and he came to me and said, Pastor, what seems to be working is this prophetic thing. Why don't you start doing this prophetic thing? And I said, the Holy Spirit hasn't called me to do that. The Holy Spirit has called me to teach the word. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to do what the Holy Spirit has called us to do. We're just not going to copy and paste a formula to try and get ahead in life. And I'm talking about you and what God has called you to do. Man, get away from copy and paste. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is there to show you some amazing things to do in your area of calling. How do we know that? Let us go to uh, John chapter number 16, verse 13. Thank you, Jesus. He's not the spirit of disorder. He's the spirit of order. Amen? Amen. (laughs) He's the spirit of order. And he confirms everything that you teach through signs and wonders. Man, we've seen people who couldn't have children have children in this ministry. I think it was at Dillian's house the other day I visited. In fact, I had visited to do something else, to have a meeting with uh, Greg. And as I was leaving, uh, she said, you know what? Please, can you pray for my uh, helper? She just lost a baby. And I prayed for her. And right at the end, I felt the Holy Spirit asking me to ask her uh, what she wanted, you know, and when she wanted the baby. And I asked her, when do you want the baby? And she told us, and uh, uh, I said, what sex do you want of the baby? And she told us, and the Holy Spirit said to me, tell her she's blessed and she's going to receive the exact same thing that she wills for. Now, I wasn't doing that in Tafara's strength. Tafara could never do that. I'm not that educated. Amen. It was the Holy Spirit flowing through me. And guess what? We laid hands on her and spoke life into her body. And how many months later? Nine months later, she was carrying her baby. Amen. 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 And the power of the Holy Spirit is there to flow, watch this, in every believer. This is what's so awesome about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was just not given to the super-duper believers. The Holy Spirit was given to all of us in here. And we can function in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, he will make you look good. Amen. 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 The Holy Spirit will make you look good. Don't just acknowledge him at the end of the prayer. 
You know, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is a person. He is a real, live person. And that's the difference between us and all the other religions. If you want to call Christianity a religion, it's not a religion. It's a relationship. You know why? Because we do not serve a bunch of rules and doctrines. We serve a real, live person that lives on the inside of us. And we have a relationship with someone who is alive. Amen? Amen? And he is alive on the inside of you. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. Watch what he says in John 16, verse 13. However, when he, again, notice it doesn't say it. It does not say, however, when it. The, the Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not a dove. He's not a fire. He is a person. Amen? amen. I said, amen. amen. <laughs> Someone said, may the force be with you. What was that, Star Trek? No, the Holy Spirit is a real person. Star Wars. Man, I need to start watching more TV. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> it says when he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of what? Truth has come. He will guide you into how many? All truth. I love this. Man, the Holy Spirit is, is your guider. Can I say that? He's your guide. He's your guide. Have you ever been on a vacation and you go to these places where you have a guide? You know, the guide leads, but it's up to you to follow. And that's what the Holy Spirit will do. He does not force himself on you. He guides, and then you get to follow. And I'm so glad because the Holy Spirit does not give up on you. Just like when you miss a turn on the GPS, and it recalibrates and calculates from where you are, that's what the Holy Spirit will do. Sometimes you mess up so bad, and you feel like, man, I'm lost. The Holy Spirit will still calculate a new route to your destiny from wherever you are. Amen. Amen. He will not give up on you. He will take you from a place of confusion and and disorder and chaos and bring you right into your destiny. In a place of order and beauty where everything is in unison. Watch what he says. He says, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he, man, this is powerful. What I'm about to read is awesome. He will tell you things to come. You know, one of the godly characters that is strictly reserved for God and God only is called foreknowledge. No one else in the whole wide universe has foreknowledge except God. In fact, there are three distinct qualities that God has, that are strictly reserved for God. God is omnipotent, which means God is all-powerful. He has all the power in the whole universe. God is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. The enemy, Satan, is not omnipresent. Amen? He can only be in one place at one time. And the third one is God is omniscient, Omniscience, which means God is all-knowing. God knows, watch this, even the things to come. And the Holy Spirit comes to show us the things to come. You know what? As believers, we should never be surprised by anything. Because guess what? We have the Holy Spirit. We already knew. Amen? And one of the things you must already know is that at the end, at the end of the story, we win. Amen. It's amazing how many Christians don't read the back of the book. 
Man, you must always read the back of the book. You know, it doesn't matter what happens in the movie. One thing we know is that the main actor cannot die. Some of you like to watch uh, this series, you know, eight, uh, sometimes ten episodes. And you know, there's only, Jack Bauer cannot die. It doesn't matter how much they torture him. It doesn't matter what happens. I know this dude cannot die. Otherwise, there will not be the next episode. It's the same thing with you. When you read the back of the story, you cannot be defeated. If Satan tries to mess with you and and bring up your past, you must start reminding him of his future. And tell him where he's going. Amen? Amen? Because he's a defeated foe. He's a loser. And he's going straight to hell. Amen? Amen. But we can tap into this gift that the Holy Spirit brings, which is called foreknowledge. He will show you things to come. I remember 2005, 2006, I was working for a company. I'm not going to say the name of the company because, you know, I may get sued. But this company was into filmmaking, you know, film for cameras. Uh, Back in the day, some of you may not know this, we used to have proper cameras where you would put a film in the camera, you know. And then you'd take pictures. And then after you uh, finish taking pictures, you'd take the film to a lab. And then they would develop your pictures. So I was working for this company, and we were selling film. And we were selling paper, you know, gloss paper, uh, where you can print your pictures on. And I remember the CEO of the company declaring. In fact, it was after the Holy Spirit had said to me, you know, this business, it was way back in 2006. We didn't have fancy phones that take pictures like they do now with good quality pictures. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, because the phones... Now we have cameras. You guys are going out of business. And I remember bringing it up in our sales meeting, and everyone laughed at me. They said, man, you must be crazy. You must be crazy. We're going to develop more gloss paper because people (laughs) will never stop printing their pictures. And guess what? That company internationally closed. But here's why the Holy Spirit showed me things to come. So I could start looking for another J-O-B. Because it would have been a sad day for me to get caught off guard. Amen. Amen. So the Holy Spirit showed me, and I started looking for another J-O-B. And guess what? When I got another job, it had the same uh, salary that I was earning uh, with the company that, you know, I had to leave. And guess what? At this point, money was not the issue. The destiny of the organization was the issue. And some of you, because you don't have insight, you keep tracking and you keep pursuing things that are already dead. Only if you could ask the Holy Spirit to show you how things function in the marketplace. You know, we were uh, talking and, uh, you know, one of the things I said to our guys is that, you know, in 1978, preachers could buy television airtime. I would never get myself, I would never forgive myself if I bought television airtime to put our sermons on it. You know why? Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a millennial. I know what's up. And the Holy Spirit has showed me that TV be dead. Amen. Amen. Some of you don't know that TV is dead. You're probably going to find out in 2024, but people don't watch TV anymore. Well, the few that still do, by 2024, they will not be watching any more TV. So I was asking the Holy Spirit, I said, what should we do with the gospel? Which platform can we use to effectively preach the gospel? And the Holy Spirit showed me. And there's some things we are working on, some apps, some, you know, platforms that we are working on. It costs a whole lot of money, but guess what? That's how we're going to preach the gospel effectively. You can't just copy and paste ministry. 
I can't just say, you know, because Andrew buys television uh, airtime and is on TV, I should also buy television. I must inquire of the Holy Spirit and watch this. He will show me things to come. You see what I'm saying? What works for the company next door may not work for your company. In fact, it should not work for your company so you can tap into the Holy Spirit and begin to see things to come. I mean, we had people in the 14th century who were already drawing, making drawings of uh, helicopters. They believed that, you know, people could fly one day. Where did they get that stuff? The Holy Spirit knows things to come. Amen? Amen. And whatever God has called you to do in the marketplace, he has some solutions that will change the way we do things. Watch this forever. But you have to sit down. And begin to inquire of the Holy Spirit. You have to ask the Holy Spirit, what, what, what is it that I should do? And tap into the creative juices of the Holy Spirit. Amen? You know, the t shirts that we do in the church, uh, some of you don't know this, but I get to sit down with the Holy Spirit and come up with the pre designs. I sit down and I say, Holy Spirit, show me what's going to look nice. You know the thank you Jesus t-shirt? The Holy Spirit gave it to me. What's going to look nice? My pants. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The Holy Spirit would he will make you look good. Why don't you stand on your feet? Amen. He will make you look good. He's got solutions for you. And this knowledge is not automatic. It has to be appropriated by faith. Someone shout, I have, I have the power of the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of me. Inside. Therefore, Therefore, wherever I show up, things move from disorder to order, from ugly to beauty, from chaos to peace. I have the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, my life has order. Water is where it's supposed to be. Land is where it's supposed to be. Everything functions in order. I possess the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I am not surprised by the future. For the Holy Spirit will show me me things to come come. in my ministry, in my my area of calling, in my my business, in my my marketplace opportunities. I am not a follower, but I am a leader. I lead by the guidance and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. My life is submitted to the direction the guidance of the sweet Holy Spirit, I am in intimate friendship and intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I am not alone, never lonely, never insecure, because you will never leave me nor forsake me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you. For the great gift of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the great gift of the Holy Spirit. 
And Lord, we cherish him. We honor him. We value him. We do not grieve him. We submit to his guidance. Every single day. Every single step. Even as you said in your word in Psalm 37 verse 23. That the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Lord we thank you that all of our steps are ordered by you. Every step is given direction by the Holy Spirit. We are not a copy and paste. But we are submitted to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your sweet fellowship. Thank you for your comfort. In times of trouble, we are not in despair. Because we have He who is the source of all comfort. He who is the source of all help. He who is the source of all direction. The Holy Ghost. And Father, we thank you for Him. We thank you for this precious gift that abides on the inside of us. This precious gift that quickens our mortal bodies. Lord, we just thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this ministry, for the guidance of the Holy Spirit in this ministry and in our lives. And Lord, we just say thank you, thank you, thank you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray and everyone said amen. Now next week we're going to be talking about the second work of grace, also known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, if you have not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's like going to a gunfight with a water gun. <laughs> you are going to lose. Amen. Amen? You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And one of the benefits you get from being baptized in the Holy Spirit is the ability to pray in other tongues. And next week we're going to be talking about how you can tap into the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. And not only are we going to teach about it, we are going to pray with you and get you baptized in the Holy Spirit. By the time you walk up out of this place, you'll be praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, that will stir you up. It will bring power into your life. Amen. And that's what we're going to be talking about next week. We love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.